Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire's Buy, Hold, Sell. My name is Chris Conway. Today, as part of Livewire's annual income series, we're taking a deep dive into the world of income generation for investors of all ages. To do that, I am joined by Hugh Robertson from Centaur Financial Services and David Lane from Audmanet. Thanks so much for joining us, gents. Very much appreciate you being here and thanks for making the trip from sunny Queensland. Our pleasure. David, let's start with you. Bonds are back in the black and term deposits are yielding up to 5%. Who would have thought? Yeah. How has this changed your approach to income-focused portfolios? Well, they're, they're back in, in fashion now, I guess, that you know, two years ago we wouldn't have even spoken about a term deposit. But now um, we've actually this week even seen a couple that are yielding 5.2%. Uh, so, yes, certainly for conservative investors, term deposits are are coming back in as part of the portfolio from a defensive point of view. Uh, and bonds, there's some really interesting corporate bonds that are available now. So for a lot of our wholesale clients, we're looking at those. Yields 55 to 6.5% for AAA rated you know, investment grade bonds. So again, that's part of the, the portfolio that we're now talking about again. Whereas, um, yeah, as I said, two years ago we weren't. Uh, now it's definitely part of the defensive part of the portfolio. So yeah, it, it makes things a lot more interesting. And when we're fairly cautious on the equity side of the market, they fit in well as part of a you know, overall portfolio management for people. Hugh, how about you? How has your approach to income changed in this higher interest rate, higher inflation environment? I feel we go back 15 months and we had a Reserve Bank governor tell us that interest rates weren't going to go up till 2024. Uh, 13 board meetings later, we've had 12 rate rises. So the conversation's changed. And I, th- I think in a moment like this, it's when the facts change, our views should change. So we've had the go-go years in growth where equities did amazingly well when we had low interest rates. Uh, but now income comes back as a real pivotal player in the portfolio, especially for our retiree clients. Uh, where we're trying to generate now sufficient income to keep pace with inflation, which has exceeded all of our expectations, might be a little bit stickier than we thought. Uh, But it's really nice to know that that total return composition now, instead of being 8% growth, 2% income, is now looking more like 5, 6% income. And, you know, then growth we're not as reliant on. So I think from the retiree perspective, uh, it's a much more robust portfolio that can be created. And it's a really great time to revisit all the options that are available because for the past decade, most people probably haven't really looked too much into corporate bonds, uh, government bonds, treasuries, hybrids. So great to be having this discussion around that about what people can do to have a better portfolio going forward. Hugh, we'll stay with you. What do you think some of the biggest mistakes or the biggest mistake investors are making when it comes to income at the moment? It's a different time and people, it's not their fault, but they will always chase the highest yield. And that always presents 
alarm bells for us because sometimes they just chase the yield and they don't look at the underlying risk return matrix or assumptions there. So for me, it's always been unlisted property. Uh, that might be because during the global financial crisis, that's what we saw. I feel there's almost a, a yield trap in there. Uh, there's an illiquidity trap there that they might not be able to get their money back even if they want it. Uh, and there's a valuation trap. We've just seen uh, Dexas last week sold a property for 17% below what it had valued it in December. So we're only in May. So they present real troubles to me that maybe in the unlisted space, those haven't been marked to market appropriately. So if you're entering into it now, uh, you might not get the yield, you might not get the capital value as much as you thought uh, when you want it and you may not even be able to access it. So for me, that's the big risk for people if they're chasing just that yield alone relative to other options that are available right now. David, what about you? What is the biggest mistake you see when it comes to income investing? Yeah, well, there's a couple. When, it, when it's looking at the, the really defensive parts of the portfolio and we were talking about term deposits earlier, um, one, of the, one of the risks is that people forget that it is actually a term. So if you've got your money in there for 12 months, you can't actually get it out uh, and you pay, well, you used to pay high fees. Nowadays, you can't even get that money out. So only put in money um, that you can afford to not touch for the, the term. Uh, and also taking into account the fact that when interest rates rise, the face value of a bond, if it's a fixed rate bond, actually declines. So although we talk about bonds as being defensive part of the portfolio, they're not riskless. Mm -hmm. There are risks involved, so you need to understand those. Um, another thing that, that Hugh touched on a bit with the, the property, we also see that in the, the equity market, is what's called a dividend trap. So be wary of those companies that are looking at paying a high dividend um, there could well be underlying reasons. The share price may have fallen significantly because the, the underlying business isn't so good. Or it might be a mining company that's had fantastic cash flow over the last few years, but may not be able to keep, continue to pay that dividend. So you need to understand just because the face value of the yield looks attractive, it's not always gonna be as appealing. Okay, let's get to the reason why we are all here, the exciting part. Let's talk the best income strategies for investors of all ages, starting with young investors, of course, those that are in the accumulation phase. David, we'll stay with you. Yeah, well, for young investors, I really think that the best way to go is to still have a, a long-term horizon and have a, a growth um, impact as well. So uh, I would still be investing in, in equities because you are able to get decent yield out of equities. Um, and the one that I'd look at would be MVW, which is the, the VanEck Equal Weight uh, ETF. That gives you exposure to your large cap companies, but it actually spreads it across equally. So you're not just concentrating on your four major banks and your, your BHP and Rio. Um, that ETF has a yield of about 4%. It's actually outperformed the, the ASX 200 in the, the last 12 months, three years, five years. So um, that strategy actually provides good long-term income as well as some growth. So for younger investors with a longer time frame, I'd still be looking at something like that. Hugh, what about you? What's your guidance for the young cohort out there? I'm big fan of MVW. I, th I think it's a fantastic fund from Vanek. Uh, I've gone with the top 20, uh, which is ILC. It's from iShares. It's a, a BlackRock top 20. Uh, reason being dividend now, with a focus on that, 6.9%. Uh, 
6.91. So that's a great dividend for an accumulator. Uh, they can either use that to pay down their home loan, they can use that to help uh, subsidise school fees or, or the like. The top 20 by nature, so you're in the bigger end of town if we are going to go through some hard times. So if you're thinking recession or again going back to global financial crisis times, think what, what survived um, that economic winter. Uh, and you're looking there at the big, the big got bigger and some of the small ones went out of business. So for that, I think you're getting a great dividend yield. Uh, I think you're getting that protection and a lot of those businesses, uh, by virtue of their size, have great bargaining power to, you know, relatively low debt levels, great bargaining power uh, in terms of their pricing. So I think that can do really well. Uh, the other aspect that I really like about that kind of fund is it rebalances quarterly. So if there is a, it's, you're not just going to have the top 20 and stay in that forever. Uh, as the top 20 composition changes, the investment options within that. Uh, will change as well. So I think that's quite dynamic for a young accumulator and could do quite well over time. Hugh, I'll stay with you for the next cohort, the middle-aged uh, investors that are perhaps nearing retirement. What product would you let, recommend and why? Okay, so I've made some financial planning assumptions here and I'm going with that they're already quite growth-oriented in their portfolio. So we're top-heavy on growth, we're going into volatility. So I'm going to go the uh, beta shares uh, floating note fund, which ETF, which is uh, coupon. So that is looking at uh, senior floating notes. 80% of that is in the big four banks. Uh, so you, it's a very safe, it's not exposed to duration risks, which really hurt uh, our government and corporate bonds last year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got a duration of zero. It is a, there is credit risk to some extent associated with it, but that's 80% of it's with the big four banks. So we feel safe there. You're getting a 5.1% yield on it. So that's above kind of what we're going to get in an online savings or a term deposit, possibly. But with the term deposit, we have inflexibility. They might not be able to access it when we want the money. Uh, it's not necessarily paid monthly. Whereas with this, we've got 5.1% paid monthly into our account. Now, if I'm thinking about that person leading up to retirement, what are they going to do with that? Uh, that might be, you know, building up a buffer and they could also allocate their distributions from the growth portfolio, bucket of their portfolio, into something like this, which is going to start building a, a safety bucket for them that's going to yield a really good income, uh, low cost, I think it's 0.22%. So it just sits really nicely in a wheelhouse as a sort of cash alternative right now, I feel. David, what about you? That uh, middle-aged bracket, investors nearing retirement, what have you got for them? Yeah, well, I certainly agree with Hugh. I think that Coupon is a, is a great product. Um, and again, that's the defensive side. On the the, the somewhat growth side, uh, I'd be looking at the uh, the AUMF is the the stock code for it, but it's the um, the iShares uh, multi-factor ETF. So it gives you a broad diversified portfolio of Australian stocks. Its yields about 6.8% at the moment. Um, the way it develops its index is it's called smart beta and it's got four different factors that it looks at. So it looks at companies that are high quality, they've got momentum, um, they've tend to be the, the larger companies, so you are getting exposure to BHP, CSL, the four major banks, Rio Tinto, etc. Um, but it's really a, a good way to get exposure to that um, portfolio without having to do the thinking about it. So it's a fairly easy set and forget type um, long-term investment. Sounds like my kind of product if you don't have to think <laughs> about it, mate. David, I'll stay with you. The final cohort, obviously those in retirement pension phase, what is a product that you have been recommending to your clients in that area? Yeah, well, again, they're probably a little bit more conservative, um, will have a higher weighting towards your defensive part of the portfolio, 
We tend to like to use hybrids for a lot of that um, income for in investors in pension phase. The advantage that hybrids have is that, is that you get the tax benefit back. So they'll pay a dividend that, that has franking credits attached. Um, one of the ones that we like at the moment is the Macquarie Capital Note 3 um, MQG PC is the, the code for it. Um, the reason we like it, it has a good yield, yields about 5.7%. When you take into account franking, that takes it up to about 6.8%. But it matures in 2024. So you have a relatively short time frame, um, which means that you then get that rollover. So when that comes to maturity, Macquarie will no doubt issue a new security and give you option to, to get into that. Um, so we like a lot of those shorter dated hybrids at the moment. Um, the other thing that, that's important about hybrids in the current rising interest rate environment is that their yield is uh, attached to the bank bill swap rate. So as interest rates go up, the income that you receive on the, the hybrids goes up as well. So you don't have that capital risk that you might have with a bond with the, the face value dropping. Hugh, what about you to round it out for the retirees? What have you got for us? To round it out. So again, the disclaimer with the financial planning assumption <laughs> yep. is they've already used their hybrids, they've used coupons. So now we're going to look at their, their actual equity portfolio. So we're going to, the, the growth as a style, obviously you got really hurt uh, last year so but that was a beneficiary of really low interest rates so we even if interest rates sort of stay around about where they are i'm going to go with uh, the perpetual australian share fund uh, vince pizzullo runs that fund he's an excellent manager um, they've the fund itself has been first or second quartile uh, over all the time periods what attracts me to that is i feel for the retiree i want an active manager I want a value manager and I want that bottom-up real stock selection because I need someone who's going to look at the debt levels within the business, the quality of the business, the earnings of the business, the management of the business. So, And that's the four key characteristics that uh, Perpetual look at. So I feel that's going to give me my downside protection. I don't want to get nerdy on the people listening, but the upside-downside capture, which we all love in, in our industry, uh, means that when the market goes up 10, it goes up 10, but when the market goes down 10, it goes down seven. So it, it does offer an element of protection even within that equity sleeve in my portfolio. Uh, the yield dividend's been around five, five and a half percent uh, per annum averaged over the last five years. So it's still giving us that good dividend, but it also gives me that growth because for my retiree, I still need to cover inflation risk. And even with the yields we're getting in the other portfolios, it's not quite keeping pace with current inflation. Um, and I've got longevity risk, so I am going to probably live longer than I think, so I can't go all defensive side. So that would be my pick. Well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that income special of Buy, Hold, Sell. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, make sure to give it a like. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel because we're adding lots of great content every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.